Yud Dalid Iyar Tafshin Pei Aleph coming to you live. Live, I tell you, from the offices of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Let's go. 
Semed Reim off of their album Mayavili Hamachar. That was a Naomi Shemer song called Ein Davar. Ein Davar Shalom Yoter where there's nothing as whole as a broken heart, which are words based on the words of the Rebbe of Breslov. Welcome, 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 one and all. Welcome into this week's edition of the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network. We're here each and every Monday, immediately following JM in the AM, which translates, using uh, my translate time translator calculator, into uh, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Israel Time, and around the world, Wherever you are, whatever time it is, that is the time we're on. Just make a note so you'll remember. Or go to the archives, nachomsegel.com or the Nachum Siegel Network app. And please, please, please tell your friends to uh, join and enjoy this program. You, We're also available. You can subscribe via the Apple Podcast Um app on their um, on their iPhone or any other Apple device and that would be great if you did that as well we've got to increase the numbers it's ratings week, no no sweeps week, whatever they call it, anyway Tzemedoyim is uh, who we opened with they are celebrating their 50th anniversary of singing together and I know this is true because one of the first gigs they ever had was my bar mitzvah so the numbers fit in i remember at the time my father had this concept of having a uh, acapella singing group that could um lead people in zmirot wow that became popular a lot a lot later on <laughs> but uh, he was ahead of his time in a lot of things my father's um, we have a very important show coming up, really, discussing the demographics in Israel based on last couple of years and the new statistics that come out every year before Yom HaTzimot. And I was shocked, I think you will be pretty shocked as well, to hear some of these numbers. So... We're going to share the numbers with you, share the reasons why it seems that uh, th- this is the situation and is there a way to solve the quote-unquote demographic problem. And this, by the way, has nothing to do with what the people on the Israeli left call the demographic problem to which they are referring, in which they are referring to Yehudan Shomron and the growth of the Arab population there versus the growth of the Jewish population and so forth and and how it would affect all of Israel if the Yehudan Shimon were annexed into the state of Israel and so on but we're talking about it, a, a different demographic problem demographic problem that is um, within the uh, what they call I hate to call it but it's just for identification purposes the green line so stay with us we're going to share that information with you we have new music from Yehoram Gaon and from Tal Ramon Tal Ramon is the son of the astronaut Ilan Ramon Zuchono Livracha 
the brother of the pilot Asaf Ramon Zichrono Livracha, the child of Rona Ramon Zichrona Livracha. He is a pretty well accomplished musician in Israel, and uh, he released a song, Mikhtav Preda, it's part of his first album, in which he writes a very short and and heartfelt goodbye to his brother Asaf, who was killed in a, uh, a a plane accident as they were exercising. He was a, he was a fighter pilot, just like his father. Um, so that's all coming up, coming up, coming up, coming up. We'll uh, go to Eric Einstein with a classic, San Francisco Al Hamayim. Sit in San Francisco, and then suddenly you feel the tug of Eretz Israel in your heart. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Yoshev in San Francisco al Amayim Shotef et ha'inayim Bekachol u'beyarom Yafeb in San Francisco al Amayim Az azek zeshem Thank <laughs> you.
<laughs> Definitely one of the classics of Arik Einstein. The album is Chamush B'Mishkafayim, and the song is San Francisco Al Hamayim. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Shand and Achim Siegel Network. Thank you so much for tuning in and making us a part of your week. Every year before Yom HaTzmaut, Israel's uh, Central Bureau of Statistics announces the official population numbers. This year, as we just celebrated Yom Atzimot, Israel's 73rd birthday, there are, according to the CBS, Central Bureau of Statistics, 9.3 million people living in Israel. Now, regardless of everything we're about to say, that is miraculous. If you look back in the history books, some of the objections that uh, were raised back in the 1920s and 30s about having a Jewish state is that there's no way that this land, which is barren and, and there's not enough water and all, no way that it can accommodate more than 2 million maybe 3 million people. I remember seeing that and laughing as uh, we are now over 9 million people living in Israel. And by the way, for comparison, just to give you an idea, 73 years ago, when the state was founded, 1948, there were 806,000 people. From 806,000 to 9.3 million. Okay, 
How does that break down by, um, by religious affiliation? 9.3 million. 6.89 million, or almost 6.9 million, are Jews. That means the percentage of Jews in the population of Israel is 73.9%, a tad under 74%. There are 1.96, or just about 2 million Arabs living in Israel. That puts them at 21.1% of the population. And then there are 467,000, which is 5% of various different um, religious affiliations. You have Christians who live in Israel, you have Druze, D-R-U-Z-E, you have Baha'i, you have different... uh, And and you have... um, What's uh, no? I think I covered um, the ones that I that I remember, the ones that I know. Um, so the ratio is again seventy three point nine percent of the population in Israel are Jewish, twenty one point one percent are Arabs. Let's go back to nineteen forty eight. As we said before, there were 806,000 people living in Israel. What percentage was Jewish? 82.1. And what percentage were Arab? 17.9. So since 1948, the, the numbers have obviously hugely increased and we've reached an amazing, miraculous number of over 9 million. But the Jewish percentage within the general population of Israel from 1948 to 2020 has gone down from 82.1% to 73.9%. In fact, it's been going down for a few years already. The Jewish majority, this is the practical bottom line, the Jewish majority in the state of Israel is shrinking. And this year, for the first time in history, it has plunged below 74%. As we said, it's 73.9, but it's dipped below 74. This is a rather troubling trend. You know, if there would be one year that there would be um, a, a, a somewhat of a dip or something, but this is a trend, the percentage of Jews as part of the population in Israel continues to go down. And there are numerous questions that go with this. First of all, why? Why is that happening? What are the factors that are contributing to this decrease? Two, do we do anything about it? And what can we do about it? If we know the whys, maybe it'll help us understand the how do we take care of this problem and possibly bring these numbers back up. That is the really, I I mean, there are many existential threats, not many, there are existential threats on Israel from Iran 
and uh, some some of the other Arab countries, mainly Iran, though, who also fund Hezbollah and Hamas. But this is an internal, long term. It's not nothing. You know, thank God, nothing is uh, is in a state of disrepair for now that that the country can function properly as a Jewish state, as the homeland for the Jewish people. But we sh- we need to be aware of the trends, and we need to analyze and understand them. So that's what we're going to do today. Um, that is what we are going to do today on the Israel Show. We'll do a musical break, and we'll get right back to this conversation. This is new music from Yehoram Gaon and Moshe Ben Basat. It is the Sephardic Tfilat Tal, or Birchat Tal. Um, this version which is different than the Ashkenazic version, is, uh, wi- was written by Rabbi Shlomo Ibn Gabirol, very well-known Middle Ages poet, writer, thinker. Um, just to look at the first li- line, Shizufat Shemesh Lechutzat Patrosim. Shizufat Shemesh is a... Um, a, a name used for the people of Israel, as uh, we see in Shir Hashirim, Alti Unisha Anisha Chachor Cheshizafatni Hashemesh. Lechutzat Patrosim means we were pressured, we were tortured by Patros. Patros is another name for Egypt. Shizufat Shemesh Lechutzat Patrosim Mirudehate. Novev betalalei resisim, mirudeha are those that are the, the the downtrodden ones. We see it in Eichaz zochrayu shleim yemei onya umirudeha kol machmadeha asher hayumi mekedem. So, um, so we ask God mirudeha to novev. To novev is to make grow. From like Tenuva. Betalalei Risisim with the uh, drops of Tal, of Du, it, it is Tfilat Tal. And again, based on a Pasuk and Shir Hashirim, and Ishei Navli Be'er, Kol Doldi Dofeik, Pitchili Achoti Rayoti, Yonatita Matishu Roshi Nimla Tal, Kavutzotai Risisei Laila. There's a puzzle that's referred to also in Anonymous Mirot. Hakel Ha'oneb Et Ratzon Amusim, God, who, when there is an Et Ratzon, answers the prayers of the Amusim. Amusim is a, another name that we use for the Jewish people. Amus is like Omes, it's a, a burden. And uh, like when somebody carries a child, he he's like a mus. In Yeshayahu ha'amusim ini veten hanisuim ini racham. God like carries us, like you carry a little child on your hand. So God carries us. We are amusim. That's also in Animismira, by the way. Magenhu lecholachosim. God is the protector for all those 
who stand under his protective shield, his protective um, hand. So, uh, and it goes on. There's more. What we just wanted to get you the first. The first stanza, Yehoram Gaon Moshe Ben Basad, off of uh, their new project that they've been working on. This is called Birkat Hatal. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Adonai, Bashvela, Ubahar, Um, 
יהורם גאון אל משה בן בסט, ברכת הטל. My name is Mayor Weingarten, you're tuned to Israel show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Most of what, I'm, what I've been telling you is, is fact, most of what I'm about to tell you, which is analysis, comes from um, Shmuel Rosner, who has uh, written about uh, these things. He's an author, he's a journalist, and And so forth, and he has a lot of very interesting thoughts about it. So the question that we want to ask is why? Why has the Jewish majority in Israel start why has it been shrinking? And it seems that the main answer is immigration, what we call Aliyah. And there's a good side to it. Israel now is a nation that's attractive place. It is an attractive place to live in. It's a place that people who are not necessarily Jewish would be happy to make as home, to call their home as compared to, let's say, compared to so many other countries around the world, and in one big case, the former Soviet Union. So the good news is that, it's, that Israel has really come a long way to the point that people want to live there. The bad news is that people who have no real ties to Judaism take advantage of the law of return known in Hebrew as Chok Hashvot. So we'll take a quick look at that. This is a law that was enacted very early on after the state was declared as a foundational principle of Israel's existence. Because you have to understand for 2,000 years of anti-Semitism, Jews had nowhere to run. They would run from one exile to another exile to another exile until they were thrown out of that one and then they ran to the next one and so forth and and so on, and one of the purposes of Zionism was to create this safe haven, so to speak, this place that Jews can run to if, when they're persecuted or if they, if they just want to live there. But surely if they're persecuted, if they're being pogromed or being inquisitioned or being holocausted, there would be a place for the Jews to go. And that's, as I say, one of the major reasons for establishing a Jewish state. So this Chok HaShvut allows any Jew from anywhere to show up at the border and say, I'm Jewish, prove it, and become a citizen. 
which of course begs the question, how do we define a Jew? When the person comes to the border and says, let me in, I want to be a citizen because I'm a Jew, how do you define who is a Jew? That was a very, it's a decades-long battle, both in Israel and amongst diaspora Jews. Who is a Jew? That's a question that um, the Lubavitcher Rebbe was very, very uh, strong about, about changing the law. The Lubavitcher Rebbe kept lobbying all, all those who he could in order to change the law, because the law says, somebody who was born to Jewish parents or converted. And the Rebbe wanted it to say converted al-pi halacha, according to the halacha. And that never happened, unfortunately. But as part of this idea that any Jew that's in trouble anywhere around the world can show up at the doorstep of Israel and be accepted as a citizens, as a citizen there is definition of a Jew, anyone who was born to a Jewish mother or father was converted to Judaism and just recently the Supreme Court passed uh, the Supreme Court ruled that even if the conversion is a reform or conservative conversion not recognized by halacha, by the Rabbanut, which is the state's official um, rabbinical um, body, yet they should, they must be considered according to Chok HaShvut as Jews. And this idea of who we let in as part of Chok HaShvut or any other thing has been diluted over the years more and more. But there's one particular piece in the law that has created this problem greater than any other piece. It's called Chok HaNechad, the grandchild provision in the law. And it says, well, let's say, when, when the founders of Israel wrote this law of return, they wanted to make it a very broad law, allowing any person who may be persecuted due to their Jewishness, to fit under this wide umbrella, or as they say here, the big tent. So if somebody had grandparents who were Jewish, a Jewish grandfather, and then the child, the daughter of that Jewish grandfather, married a non-Jew. Now according to Halakha, they're not Jewish. Now they had a daughter who married a non-Jew. Well, those two non-Jews can say our grandparents were Jewish and therefore we should be allowed into Israel. And when they come to Israel, many of them continue their religious observance as Christians. They always say almost as a joke, but it's not a joke, that the largest, the the fastest growing religion in Israel is Russian Orthodoxy. And it, it reaches the point that the majority of P 
people that made quote unquote Aliyah in the last few years were non Jewish. The majority of Olim during the past few years were non Jews. And so we find ourselves in a situation where a law that was crafted a long time ago under certain circumstances is being, I guess you would say, abused and um, creating a demographic situation which is not a positive one. And the question is, what can be done? And, um, and is it feasible that, that what will be done? We'll take a musical break. Uh, this is, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. This is Tal Ramon, Ilan Ramon's son, from his album Demut. The song is called Mikhtav Preda. It's a goodbye song to his brother. His brother Asaf was a fighter pilot, he went in his father's footsteps. He was the Bahar, Asaf was the Bahar. When the father was killed in that tragic Challenger um, crash, it was Asaf who was the quote-unquote man of the house and who took care of the little children, the younger children. There were a total of four. There were a total of four siblings, and. Um, this song is basically a goodbye that he leaves for his brother. Very sad what happened to that family. Just so sad. Mikhtav Preda, Tal Ramon, off of the album Demut. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
טל רמון, מכתב פרידה. So as we continue our journey into the demographics and the demographic situation and problem, the slowly creeping problem, it's interesting that in, in, on Israel's left, they always talk about the demographic problem as the problem in Yehudan Shamron and what would happen if uh, Israel annexes Yehudan Shamron and there would be in this new state, you know, that would include all the Arabs of Yehudan Shamron, there would be a demographic problem because um, there would not be a Jewish majority or or the Jewish majority would be watered down very much. <clears throat> Yet, um, on this side of it, meaning on the side of letting in everybody that wants to come in, even if they don't necessarily fit within the Chok HaShvot, there the left uh, is for letting everybody in. We'll talk about that a bit. But the, So the question is, what do we do? And, and most people say the easiest thing to do is to change the law of return, the Chok HaShvot, and take out what was at one time an appropriate clause, the grandfather clause, and uh, remove it. And that's it. Bitzalel Smutrich, who is um, the leader of the quote-unquote Tzionutatit party that won six seats in the current Knesset, brought forth before the Knesset a proposal to do just that, to change the Chok HaShvut, the law of return, so that it uh, did not include grandchildren who have no connection to Judaism, which we said we have no connection to Judaism at all. And the law did not pass. And uh, it's sort of like uh, the Trump effect. The, uh, the media in Israel has so vilified Bitzalel Smutrich and uh, members of his party that almost anything that they would do would be considered, um, oh, if he's doing it, then it can't possibly be something positive. <laughs> um, it didn't pass. But the question is why? Why do, why do not, why don't more Knesset members get together and analyze the situation and try and make the changes to the law of return that would be appropriate so that we don't have a situation where year after year most of the Olim to Israel are not Jewish. And there's some interesting reasons. You know, we live in a world, a post-modern world, the world where the radical left, and you see it here in America, oh my gosh, so well. They're against nationalism. They're against borders. Let, uh, let anybody into America. Open the borders. Let, them, let, them, let people from uh, South America and Central America come in. Why, why do we have more of a claim to this country than they do? And so forth and so on. That idea the European Union idea, that there are no borders. You just drive from one country to the next, there's no borders, no passports. 
nationalism is not a good thing. And unfortunately, a lot of that seeps into Israel and the courts especially are tainted, if you will, or I'll say tainted by with, with that with that idea. So, for example, in the southern part of Tel Aviv, you have tens of thousands of Sudanese, Eritreans, and others from Africa who illegally made their way into Israel before Israel built the fence, and Israel built a fence, although Mexico didn't pay for it, um... And Israel has tried very hard to have these people leave. They came in illegally, and Israel doesn't want them there. And in fact, they're also a, they have turned southern Tel Aviv in, into a terrible, unlivable place. People that, that, that have apartments there and so forth are, are going out of their minds because of the crime and and the what they've done to this neighborhood it's not a racist thing it's a factual thing the 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 rapes the muggings the general disruption of life that has come down upon the people that live there because of the influx of a few tens of thousands of uh africans who come here basically to have a better life, to work, make money, and so forth. And Israel, as much as Israel's tried to make some arrangement for them to leave, it's always been cut down by the Israeli Supreme Court. Of course, any any type of deal arrangement that the government made, and there were a few, the high court said, no, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't put them in a in a special area you can't move them you can't uh, you can't make a deal with them to return to their original country every single time and ultimately they even granted citizenship to non-Jews who came from Africa who were threatened in Africa by certain Laws in their home country, and so they weren't going to send them back to their home country again based on some international laws or whatever. But the high court is coming from the same idea as the American left. There's no nationalism. The, the, the country might be the home for many Jews, but the non-Jews, they're, uh, they're here too and we should let them in and we should let them be part of it and ultimately as we see now if anyone would touch or try to touch the law of return they would be shot down by the Supreme Court even if it would pass the Knesset and there would of course be an outrage that it's racism that it's um, xenophobia etc etc because the truth is that the left around the world today doesn't believe in a nation state and Israel is the nation state it's the country that 
sort of has as its flag, we are the nation state of the Jewish people. And so that's the problem here. Nobody wants to touch that third, what they call the third rail of the law of return and fix it. And so we're still in this situation of a diminishing percentage of Israelis being Jews and a growing percentage of Olim being not Jews. Shmuel Rosner, who I uh, mentioned that uh, much of these uh, this the ideas these ideas are, are coming from made a proposal which I found interesting. He said, "We don't have to change the grandfather clause. We don't have to take it out. But what we could say is that the grandfather clause applies to a grandchild." who, like we would say in, in halachic terms, he lives with his grandparents. So his grandparents are part of his everyday life. It's not that his grandparents passed away 20 years ago, and he, who is non-Jewish and practices, let's say, Catholicism or Russian Orthodox or whatever it is that he is, is... Is, is piggybacking on the fact that he had two, Jew, uh, even one Jewish grandparent uh, three generations ago. Whether that can work, I don't know. I think it is the third rail, and I think it's going to be very hard. In fact, you already have in Israel people who think that the Chokashvut, the law of return, has to be abolished because it's xenophobic, because it's racist, because, 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 because. And at least in the meantime, there are enough people who understand the meaning of what happened in the Holocaust and 2,000 years of Jewish history and agony in the Galut and what the purpose of the State of Israel was that understand that Chok HaShvut has to continue to exist. But in a generation or two, watch, maybe even before, They'll, they'll start being calls to do away with it. Because as a member of Knesset, the Arab member of Knesset, Ahmad Tibi says, why should your cousin be allowed to show up at the, at the border and come in and my cousin not be allowed to come in? Why am I a second-class citizen? That's where we're headed. We're going to end off with the song Lonirga he he can't calm down and um, it's a song that is about a father who can't come that calm down and how it affects his child and the reason for his situation is PTSD that he got fighting in one of the wars of Israel. And the issue has come to fore, we've played the song before, but it's come to the fore now because never uh, a sufferer of, of post-traumatic stress disorder from the Second Lebanon War, Itzik Saidian, who just got so frustrated and depressed and felt there was no way 
that he's ever going to be able to get through to the powers that be about their need to give proper treatment and aid to PTSD um, victims that he set himself on fire and he is very very he's in a he he's close to death they say and I don't have his Hebrew name although at one point I heard it on the Israeli radio the family asked that we pray for him and this is a song about PTSD and about how it affects the family so we figured it would be appropriate to play that with uh, wishes for a and to all those who are suffering from this terrible uh, situation before we do that we say thank you thank you so much for listening thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network and my very special thanks as always to Nachum Siegel coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network Yoni Pollock with after further review covering the latest in the world of sports and then the great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday. No, immediately following James Dam, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. Oh no, they're just running in a different race. לא צודק ולא חכם, נבוך בן החם, רק אל תצעק יותר. הוא לא יודע, אבא עוד נלחם, בראש צבעי פחם, ירוק ואש. בזיכרונות שוקע, זז לא נחמאז, עוד מפחד, לא מרוכז, לא מספר הרבה, בכלל. ויש כבר בן חושש עכשיו, שכעס יעבור אליו, ויום אחד עצמו. ישאל מה, אם אמא תיפגע, למה אבא לא נרגע? אהההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההה